From Studio Nowhere, it's time for... Saka USA. Welcome to another edition of Soccer Talk USA. I'm your host, Mark Zeter. This is episode, uh, historic episode number 300 for the 18th of July 2011. And, uh, kind of interesting that we hit that, uh, historic number, 300 podcasts done. Uh, and this one here happens to be about the, uh, U.S. Women's, uh, World Cup final. So, uh, you know, kind of historic, historic, um, event and historic podcast. So, you know, anyway. Um, yeah, we got lots to talk about, so I'm just gonna dive right in and get started stuff and, and, uh, just a quick little news thing I thought I'd mention if you guys heard that the, uh, New York, uh, Red Bulls have signed, uh, Rost, uh, the keeper from Hamburg. Um, he's 38 years old and the goalkeeper they've signed as their third DP, which is interesting on a number of levels because A, they've got three DPs, which is unusual, and, uh, two, they've, you know, quote, wasted a DP on a goalkeeper. And um, this goalkeeper that they've signed is 38 years old, so he's pretty up there in terms of, you know, age. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> I mean, Pat Onstadt was a great keeper even at 41, so, um, you know, he could, could be he has a few years left, but I my understanding is it's just for this year and then there's an option for next year. And they apparently have uh, loaned out uh, Greg Sutton uh, to Montreal, and they are keeping uh, Buna Kandul as the backup. So kind of interesting um, scenario there. We'll see how this uh, pans out. But it could be good for Condul in the long run. I think he's he's a good keeper, but uh, he does make some mistakes and needs, you know, needs seasoning and time. And, and uh, having a, a veteran keeper like Rust to learn from could be really good for him. So we'll see what happens with that. So, well, let's dive right in and talk uh, World Cup stuff. Obviously, we have a, a, a lot of things that have happened, and, and uh, I'll give you my play-by-play of the actual uh, final in a few minutes, but uh, let's start first with the uh, midweek games, which was the semifinals, and uh, we'll get started with the USA-France game. The USA score early, a nice ball from O'Reilly on the left wing that Cheney encourages into the back of the net. France showed danger, though, forcing a great save by Solo on the half hour. A moment later, Bompastor hits the crossbar. Abby has a couple chances at the other end that go bagging, and you'd think that you kind of get the feeling that one goal wasn't going to be enough for the United States. And sure enough, 10 minutes into the second half, Bompastor has a shot slash cross that Tinny uh, tries to head but doesn't. And her distraction of trying to get to that ball and head it uh, means that basically Solo can't cover two parts of the goal at the same time. And uh, she, she, she decides to, to, to basically stay in front and block uh, Tinny's uh, header. And then... There is no header, and the ball basically hits the the back post and bounces in, and uh, that's the equalizer. So, a little bit scary for the United States after that. France have France have chances, and you kind of wondered if if they were gonna you know run away with it, you know, I mean, I mean you know get another goal and, and and build you know build from there. But the USA started to come back with some opportunities, uh, including a, a goalkeeper rebound that Alex Morgan nearly gets to. Then Morgan's brought down at the Edge, uh, well, it was outside the box, but uh, no call. Um, then Abby uh, won back to the rescue. She heads in the go-ahead goal off a corner kick. Uh, France tried to come back via header, but it's wide. Then the play of the game for me is uh, Alex Morgan gets behind the back line, takes the ball to left, and just chips the keeper beautifully for the win. Uh, she nearly had another and a similar breakaway after that, but the keeper was able to block that one. But uh, um, pretty awesome performance by the United States. The United States 3, France 1, I thought... Uh, 
in many ways that you know France outplayed the United States in terms of possession and just some things that they did. But uh, in terms of actually putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, USA definitely dominated that and deserved the win. Then we had uh, Sweden-Japan. Uh, Sweden take an early lead uh, in the 10th when a player steals the ball off the Japanese defender at the back. Uh, goes 1v1, blasts it past the keeper, but J- Japan equalize in just minutes. A simple cross in the box that is knocked through uh, as several players crash the goal. And it might have even been the same same girl that scored for Sweden doing an own goal on this one. Uh, she was she was basically trying to defend um, the Japanese player at the back post there. Uh, early in the second half, Ono hits a beauty from way out that hits the top of the crossbar. Then uh, the Swedish keeper comes out for a ball, but only knocks it down in the path of Sawa, who heads it into the empty net. And Japan lead. A moment later, the keeper makes an even worse mistake, coming out as a sweeper, but she only clears the ball right to a Japanese player, who brilliantly one-times it over everyone into the gapping goal. Ouch. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up as Sweden do very little with their chances after that, and that's when finishes uh, Sweden 1, Japan 3. Then we have the third place game, which was the Sweden versus Japan versus France. Sorry, uh, half hour into this, Sweden take the lead via a long uh, ball from the back that the Swedish striker reaches before the keeper and dinks under her. Then the French keeper has to come out and uh, Nasib also due to injuries. So two subs for France. Thirty minutes in, France fight and create chances though with Basalia knock, uh, rocketing one off the post. Then Sweden take advantage of a bad back pass and nearly score, but the replacement keeper makes the stop. France nearly scored just seconds after the break, and it's a good warning as within 10 minutes, the speedy Tomis uh, breaks through, finishes 1v1, but then Sweden have a similar 1v1, and her shot hits the post. Things really start to look dire as there's a straight red to a Swedish player for a retaliation after she and Bompastor clash. Replays show Bompastor instigated the reaction, and the crowd boozer for the rest of the match. But the crowd is happy when in the 82nd, off a corner kick that isn't well cleared, a Swedish defender charges into the box with the ball, cuts, and fires into the roof of the net to give her team the lead. Just a fantastic goal. Uh, France get another chance or two, uh, but Sweden do just enough, and they take the third place game. Sweden 2, France 1. All right, then we come to the final, which was uh, USA versus Japan. The USA almost get off to a fantastic start with Cheney getting behind in the first minute, uh, but she tried to shoot near post, and the keeper blocks it. And uh, she actually got a little bit injured there, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, a moment later, Japan uh, nearly got onto a three-ball at the other end, showing Japan's danger. After some unsettled touches, the U.S. calmed a little, and Cheney had another chance at the near post just wide, and Wambach put one over the bar. Then Kali Lloyd followed suit when she had a lot more time and should have put it on frame. Then Cheney got through. She played it back to Rimpone. Rimpone in the box. Uh, and somehow she put it wide. Um, tons of chances for the U.S. in the first 15, but no goals. While I like the pressure, it creates one of those worrying, worrying scenarios where the U.S. dominates so much they feel like they're winning even when they're not. Uh, Rapino played a brilliant give-and-go uh, and got in, but hit the near post with her shot. Uh, Japan finally got off a long shot in the United States uh, against the United States in the 22nd, but it was very poor, well wide. But that was their first you know, even attempt on goal. Uh, really. Uh, just before the half hour, the best chance of all for the USA is Abby got behind, ran toward goal, and fired off a rifle of a shot that looked like a sure goal, beating the keeper, but pinging off the underside of the crossbar. Oh, inches. But a moment later, a terrible header by the U.S. Uh, back line, right into space for the Japanese attack. They come forward with a through ball that puts the player 1v1, but her shot is right at Hope Solo, perhaps a bit rushed. At the other end, Cheney anticipates the ball over the back line, has a great chance uh, for the header, but puts it high. Japan continue to show potential danger, forcing Solo to keep active. Uh, 
not a huge amount of saves in this one for her. I don't know if she really had any, but, um, you know, she had to come out and, and, and get a few balls and stuff. But uh, anyway, they, they get a couple chances before the half, uh, just before the half, but nothing too frightening. Uh, at halftime, Cheney comes out with an injured ankle. That was the ankle that she apparently injured uh, uh, in that first play, in the first minute of the game. So uh, in a bit of a collision with another player. Uh, and Alex Morgan comes on to take her place. I was really glad to see that because I'm a big Alex Morgan fan. So it almost pays off, too, because just minutes in, she gets an O'Reilly cross, hits the post behind the keeper. Ah. And then uh, Lloyd put in a shot uh, into the side netting, and then Abby skied one when she was 1v1. In the 56, Japan have a corner kick that bounces through the box. Nothing happens, but not a good sign. The USA get a corner kick right after that, and I wonder why they aren't pressing for more of these set pieces, because, you know, with their height, they're they're so dangerous, and, and uh, they just weren't getting a lot of set pieces. Japan uh, got a shot off on the hour, but it's wild. Uh, Sawa almost sprung a counter at the halfway line, but was called for offside, possibly incorrectly. Um, I thought it looked off, but they were saying that it was on, but I, anyway. Uh, just after that, Abby got a great looping header that the Japanese keeper, uh, tipped over the bar. Uh, more of that, please. Uh, Japan make two subs in the 66, which is interesting. <coughs> I'm actually a little worried about the fresh legs as the U.S. press forward. Uh, the subs do create some danger, but the U.S. crowd the box, get the ball free, and then Rapone, uh, springs Morgan, uh, in the other half. Rapino, sorry, I don't know how would I would I pronounce that one, but Rapino, uh, Megan Rapino uh, springs Morgan in the other half. I thought maybe she was pulled and fouled, but she keeps on going, controls the ball, and finishes to the far post. Yes, and the USA lead. Wow, uh, almost the 70th minute, but worth the wait. The USA looked pretty comfortable, uh, despite the increased uh, Japanese pressure. But in the 80th, the USA suddenly looked clumsy at the back. Two defenders can't clear it. It should have just been put out for a corner kick. And uh, one of them actually played the ball across the face of her own goal, which I thought was just horrible. Uh, Japan is there to capitalize, poke it through, and just like that, we're level. Yikes. My heart just can't take this kind of drama. A second later, uh, Japan spring a 1v1, but Bueller comes in with a terrific tackle to take away the ball at the last second. Really good tackle. O'Reilly puts a hard ball across the face of the Japanese goal, but no one is there to take advantage. A U.S. corner kick in the 85th is dangerous but cleared, and the U.S. pressure is back on. But Japan get the ball in the U.S. box right after, so the game's really opening up. Japan possessed the ball last couple of minutes of regulation, which I didn't like to see, and they get off a shot that is wide. Uh, Japan defend frantically. Uh, in the final minute, as the U.S. put in several crosses, they're forced to clear. O'Reilly has a shot in stoppage time that's high. Scary to see Japan uh, charging into goal with 30 seconds left after a USA giveaway, but great defending to shepherd the ball out, and we go into overtime. The USA start that well with a corner kick and Wambach header, but it's right at the keeper. Japan play with the ball um, at the back, which I thought was weird. was sort of like time-wasting, perhaps hoping for penalty kicks. Uh, Abby finds uh, Morgan terrifically in their box, but her shot is wide. In the in the 96, Japan passed the ball out of play, which I thought might be a sign of tiredness, because you rarely see that kind of a mistake from a technical team just passing it, you know, over the over the sideline. Uh, but the U.S. pressure is just nonstop with countless crosses and desperate but but successful uh, Japanese defending. In the 103rd minute. Morgan gets to the end line on the left side, finds Abby unmarked on the six-yard line, and the header is perfect, and the USA lead. Despite being down, though, Japan are not in a rush um, in the second period of overtime, which I thought was very odd. I wasn't sure if they were tired or just overly patient or, or what it is. But uh, when they do get in the box, there's real danger as it bounces around like a pinball, just crazy defending, but fortunately gotten out eventually. 
Um, almost a disaster in the in the 112th as Solo hope Solo came up for a ball doesn't get it and somehow Japan couldn't capitalize on the loose ball probably their best chance of the match too uh, Rapino comes off for Heath uh, Tobin Heath in the 114th only the second U.S. sub seems a bit late but you don't want to tap her you know with the chemistry either I think that's one of the problems when you're when you're leading too you feel like you know you're playing well and and you you don't really want to you know interfere with that when you're not playing well it's easy to say we need to make some changes. But uh, when you're leading the match, it feels like, you know, I, you, would, you would hate to be leading and then make a change and then give up a goal, you know. So, uh, but at the same time, I think we needed, you know, we probably needed some replacements there, but or earlier in the match. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, Heath comes on. Her first t- her first few touches waste the ball. I wasn't very impressed. She just, you know, got into the, the Japanese area and then gave the ball away, um, trying to do too much and stuff, and wasn't too impressed. With her, uh, Sawa puts in a beautiful through ball for a teammate who nearly scores as she gets past Solo, but uh, Rampone is there to clear it off the line. And I'm just thinking, man, this U.S. Na- women's national team doesn't want to do anything the easy way, do they? Uh, Hope's injured on the play, which is a little scary, and it's going to add some injury time, which the U.S. doesn't want. But off of that corner kick, Sawa somehow redirects it through the crowd and into the goal. Uh, just It was just, I mean, a hard ball coming in off the corner kick, and she just... Got a little bit of a foot to it, and it basically just, you know, hit her and went in, you know, through the goal. It might have even come off the, the U.S. defender. It was really hard to tell exactly who, who hit it, but it was so quick, and they were standing, like, right in front of the goal line, and, you know, it just ricocheted off them and was up in the top of the net. Nothing Hope Solo could do to, to react fast enough for that. She didn't see it until it was pretty much already in the goal. So, um Anyway, uh, we're tied in the 117th. Um, you know, now, we, now I'm thinking maybe we do need that extra injury time, but uh, then I'm worried about penalties with Hope Solo's injury, you know, be a factor. And uh, Japan make their final change in the 119th minute, uh, which is interesting. It's, it's for more offense, uh, an offensive change. Uh, Abby nearly scored just after that. The ball at her feet in front of the goal, but it went high. Um, Morgan nearly breaks through in the final seconds, but is fouled at the edge of the box. The ref produces the red card for Japan for stopping a, um, a goal-scoring chance, so good call for the ref. But, uh, you know, it's so late in the match, the red card really doesn't mean anything. Uh, the ball is very, clo- is very close to goal. It's just, you know, like a foot out off of the out of the box. And uh, they said two minutes extra, but it was already like a minute into that before the free kick is even taken. So I don't know where all the extra time went because they really didn't add a lot on uh the u.s the the ball they actually get the shot through it deflects and you know it actually eventually rolled out i thought for a u.s corner kick but apparently a foul of some kind was called so it's a goal kick and then basically after that kick ref blows the whistle we're going to penalties so wow and my thought on this was you know hopes had so little to do in this one um it's it's not like the japanese had that many shots i mean they pretty much uh you know just had a few shots. Um, I mean, I, I mean, she had to do things like, you know, catch crosses and things like that. But basically, the the chances, you know, the things where they scored weren't even really weren't even really shots or anything. They were just basically U.S. bad defending where we couldn't clear the ball and had a loose ball and they they capitalize on that kind of thing. You know, I mean. I, the 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 one goal basically we gave up a corner kick that they scored off the corner kick and I can count the corner kick that way because that wasn't you know it was just a quick shot and redirect but still um, you know Japan had basically you know two or three chances and scored twice you know USA had about what 50 chances in this and we scored twice 
So that really, bottom line, is what this game was all about. So, um, and then I, I saw Hope Solo getting her knee taped up prior to the kick. So I'm thinking, oh no, that's ominous, you know. And then uh, they put Shannon Box in for the first kick. And that actually kind of worried me about. I was really impressed by her the other day because she had to. She's the one that that went first the other day, and she had to retake her kick. And uh, both kicks, she even the retake, she went the same direction, which I thought was was interesting. Um, this particular time, I was you know it was there was kind of a question. Japan obviously got to see our last you know kicks. Um, but the bottom line is that the, I really, I was talking to somebody about this and I said, I think, you know, the, the bottom line about this, this really comes down to confidence. That's all the penalty kick shootout is about. It's about confidence. If you go in with confidence and you hit it hard and you hit it where you need to hit it, there's absolutely nothing the goalkeeper can do. Nothing. Uh, the problem is when you are not confident for whatever reason, when you think, Oh, maybe I should go to the other side. Maybe I should switch. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I shouldn't hit it quite as hard. I'm tired. Um, you know, and, and you start second guessing yourself. And you even sometimes change what you're doing in the middle of the kick. It's a disaster. You're, you know, you're basically telegraphing everything that you're doing to the keeper and you're making it so that your shot is not low into the corner where the keeper can't get it. And if the keeper guesses right, the keeper can stop it. And so um, I would say when you go in with lack of confidence, you know, normally they say a keeper has about a 20% chance of, of, of stopping a penalty kick. I would say when you go in with lack of confidence, that goes up for the keeper as like 80% of the time the keeper will stop it because that's just how this works, you know. And uh, I think, you know, coming into this game, after the Brazil game, the U.S. was really feeling like, this is a game of, de- you know, this is a destiny for us. Japan, you know, being such unlikely, a, a, you know, team to get to the finals, nobody even expected them to get out of the group stage, really. Uh, for them to get to the final, um, you know, is just huge. They have nothing to lose. No pressure. It's, you know, uh, one of the things I was saying, I was saying to myself before this game was, this felt like I, I really love the Japan team. I, you know, I feel sympathy for what happened to them with the earthquake and all that, and I love the whole story of what's been going on with their team and and this. You know, I love underdogs. You know, I always root for underdogs. And and you know, if it wasn't for the USA being the other, you know, being the opponent, I would definitely have been rooting for Japan in this. But uh, I really felt that you know when you really look at this game, basically for Japan. They've, if they came in second in this, there is no reason. I mean, it's the same as winning, basically. When you get that far in a tournament, you're not supposed to do good in. It's the same as winning the whole thing. I mean, really, you know. Um, yeah, for the players, you get a little bit different trophy, and there's there's definitely a certain amount of you know pride saying that you've won. But at the same time, it, you know, basically they would go home heroes coming in second. United States, not so much. I mean, we're the favorites going in. We struggled a lot. We had some problem, you know, some some you know major things going on, but we we made it, you know, to the final. And you know, going at not winning, I think is 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 really kind of a setback for the United States. I think you know they'll look at it that way. Um, and uh, and I was just going, you know, going into this game, I was just saying to myself, you know, 
I think the perfect result here would be for USA to get a win. Japan gets the second place. Everybody's going to be feeling good about Japan. Everybody's going to be feeling good about the United States being the deserved team. Uh, in the actual play in this game, I mean, obviously, the U.S., I don't think even Japan would say the U.S. was the better team. I mean, there's no question. You know, we possessed, which was unusual, and we, if, you know, compared to this tournament, and uh, we had, you know, way more chances. But we couldn't finish, you know, and it came down to penalty kicks. And when it came down to penalty kicks, I think... There was a little bit there, a little bit of nerves in the United States. You know, you're doing your second penalty kick shootout. A um, little bit of second guessing going on. A little bit of, of doubt of... There's a little bit... Uh, I think Japan had the momentum going into that. Japan seemed to be excited and delighted to get to the penalty kicks. I mean, they scored late, tied it up. We had the lead twice and coughed it up twice. You know, just like, just like we did, you know, the reverse of what happened with us and, and Brazil where we had the momentum going into those penalty kicks, and we, we, with Hope Soda, we felt like, you know, we came back, we fought, we are going to win on penalties. And this one here, it was like, Japan is the team of destiny. Japan came back twice and, you know, scored late, tied it up, now we're going into penalty kicks, and, uh, you know, and I think having box go first, I think I would have shuffled things around just to be different. You know, I might have put a really confident player like Abby Wambach first, just because that first kick, you need to get that first goal. You you have to get that first goal. And uh, Box, I thought she was really waffling of what she was going to do. I think she she her preference was to go to the right side like she did before, but I think she was part of her mind was saying maybe I should go left. And you look at her kick, and it's like halfway between the two, you know. And so it's it's just very, very savable by the keeper. And that's what happened. The keeper saves it. And then um, the J- Japanese kick was very cheeky, uh, basically waited for Hope to, to dive one way and then just rolled it the other way. And um, Carly Lloyd is up for hers, and she kicks hers over the bar. And I'm just, you know, Wow. Here we went five for five against Brazil, and now we can't even hit the goal, you know. And uh, but it's it's pretty much. I was thinking when I, when she did that, I was thinking it's pretty much the same shooting boots she had on all match because she took a lot of shots, you know. She probably had four or five shots in this, I think, and they were all bad. I mean, they were all well off, you know. They were not on target, and um, and I and I was just thinking, you know, that there was a comment by one of the commentators who said that. That you know, she probably had her best game this one, and I thought, great, that's her best game. No, <laughs> I you know, but I was kind of thinking, I kind of agreed. I mean, she did have a good game in terms of of what she was doing in the midfield, but she kept trying to come forward and score, and her shots were just very very poor. And uh, you know, and and I don't know. I think I would have been hesitant about how, you know when she's shooting that badly in the game. You know, uh, I think I would have been hesitant about having her take penalties. But uh, personally, I would have put Alex Morgan in there in the penalty shootout because I don't know if she takes penalties or not. I have no idea. But just seems to me she's 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 only been on you know the field an hour. She's fresher, not as tired. Um, she's left-footed, which is different. Nobody's seen her take a penalty yet. You know, the Brazil team can't can't you know. Can't can't have, can't have seen her take penalties against Brazil because she didn't. 
Um, I, I think that would be kind of interesting. I think the the coach tried to do that with the uh, with the next one, which you put in Heath, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, the next Japanese player went up, um, and and Hope almost got to it. She she got a hand to it, but it just wasn't quite enough. The shot was just hard enough that it went you know under her hand, through her hand, and into the goal. And you could just see Hope was was really upset with herself. She wanted that so badly, but couldn't quite get to it. And um, and then, um, let's see. Actually, no, wait, I got that. Sorry, I got my, I skipped a little bit in my text here. Um, the next, the hope, she did, she did block the next that Japanese player. But then Tobin Heath came up, and her kick was very, very poor. And I, and I, and, and it was right, you know, right where the keeper can get to it. And, and the keeper easily saved it. And I remember thinking, you know, I think that's, I don't know Tobin Heath from anybody. You know, I don't really know much about her. Um, but I wasn't impressed with her in the game. You know what she did coming on as a sub. I thought that you know I don't know what her records are. You know what you know the coach supposedly knows what she's been doing in penalty practice and stuff and knows how she does that. Uh, but it was a very very weak, very very poor penalty. She totally telegraphed which side she was going and she hit it. You know basically knee high. You know right where the keeper can get down and get it really easily and and it was very very poor. It wasn't even hit very hard. Um, and I I think the you know, I would have much preferred to see Alex Morgan take that. I think, you know, she was she's confident, she scored and assisted in the game, she's motivated, she's playing well, she's you know you know, and, and you look at you know, but anyway. Um then then Hope had that one that she nearly stopped with the hand and uh you know, Abby has to make hers. She does, just a blast. And then it comes down to the last kick, Japan uh can win it with the next kick if Hope doesn't stop it. And they score, and it's just it's it's a really good shot up into the roof of the net, and uh, just like that, Japan win. So we missed our first three kicks. You know, um, I'm really speechless. You know, uh, ultimately, I think the the real problem in this was was the U.S. fragile defending. We had we we struggled with it the whole tournament, um, and uh, just just some real chaotic, crazy kind of... It's sort of like we, we defend well when it's uh, strategic. When it's, you know, how your back line is set up and things like that. We defend we defend that kind of stuff pretty well for the most part. There are definitely times when we got split by a through ball and things like that that was not good defending. But in general, I would say we're fairly solid on, on just, you know, strategic kind of defending. Where we really struggled is in just basic stuff. Like you just get these crazy loose balls in the box and you can't clear it out. And and it was like Japan got two or three of those and they, they scored. you know. And it was just kind of crazy, uh, really frustrating kind of defending to see the U.S. And we've done that throughout the tournament. I mean, we've had some, some really bad moments like that that uh, really looks like kind of amateurist defending by the U.S. And uh, in the end, you know, that's really what cost us. I think offensively, you know, we didn't finish. If we had finished just one or two of those chances, if that, that Abby Wambach shot hadn't hit the crossbar, if, you know, I, we hit the bar like three times. We hit woodwork three times, you know. Morgan had a, had a, hit, the, hit the woodwork and I think another, another one or two. I mean, we had, we had gobs of chances. So ultimately you can look at this and just say, you know, um, you know, we didn't do. You know, we, we we had it in our hands and we let it slip away. We didn't quite do enough. 
Um, now, one thing I will say about I was pretty devastated by this. I actually was surprised at how I felt because I was really frustrated. And, and part of it just felt, it's like I love, uh, you know, I like the Japanese team and, and what's been going on in their country, and I feel for them, and it's, it's you know, this is a wonderful, wonderful thing for them. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm rooting for my country. I'm, I know our players. I don't really know that Sawa is about the only Japanese player that I know. And, uh, you know, I'm rooting for my country and my team. And, and you know, especially after what happened with the Brazil game, the, the miraculous comeback, and just the way that, we, you know, this just felt like this was a team of destiny and they were going to do this and they were going to, you know, plant their mark on things. And I think they've made, uh, you know, a big a big mark. They've definitely done something that, you know, people are going to be talking about them for years to come. But ultimately, you know, they fell a little short. And uh, I think, you know, the way that they, this happened is frustrating. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just, basically what happened with this was Brazil, I mean, Brazil, uh, Japan did the reverse. So, you know, they, they, they played the American role like we did against Brazil. Brazil outplayed us, you know, but we were scrappy and fought back and, 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 and won. And, and that's what, what, what Japan did, you know. And um, I, I think the USA made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes, everything from not playing a lot more aerial balls, um, you know, really taking advantage of the, the height advantage that we had and, and some other strategic things. We didn't really do a lot of that, and I think we needed, you know, so we made a lot of mistakes, but ultimately, you know, we, we, we should have won this. We could have won this. We deserved to win this, and we didn't. We didn't take advantage of you know, what we should have done, what we could have done. So, but the one thing I was going to say that I really, really, really liked about um, this whole thing was there was some great interviews with uh, Hope Solo and uh, Abby Wambach after the match, and I thought their comments were just fabulous. I mean, I was just really impressed. Um, you know, this is seconds, you know, just just a minute or so after the match... Sorry about if you're hearing some scratching sounds. My headset just came off. Um, this is just, you know, just minutes after the match. And the players are standing there, tears in their eyes, s- still trying to figure out what happened, trying to cope with this and, and, and deal with all those emotions and, and, you know, decades of work, you know, basically from their perspective, down the drain, you know. And... Um, and here's this, you know, microphones and reporters in their face in video cameras, and they're saying, you know, how do you feel right now? And it's like, I feel like punching you. Come on, get out of my face. You know, and they're not saying that. They're like being real gracious, and they're complimenting Japan, and they're talking about the game, and and just, I was really impressed. I was really impressed. Such great sportsmanship, and um, you know, both Abby and and. Uh, uh, Hope Solo. I thought Hope had, uh, you know, a couple really great comments where she said, uh, first I like she said, she said, you know, I'm a realist and I know that not everything goes your way. And I, I thought we had it. I hoped we had it. You know, it looked like we were going to take it. And in the end we didn't. And it's frustrating. It's depressing. But, you know, not everything goes your way. And I thought that's a really healthy attitude to this, you know. And and then the other thing that she said, which I really liked too, was she said, you know, we really like the Japanese team and what's been going on in their country and everything. And she said, we wanted to win it, but if we can't win it, you know, it's wonderful that I'm so glad that Japan was Japan that could do it, you know. 
And, uh, and I thought that was just, I mean, this is just minutes after losing this incredibly tight, you know, thing. And, you know, uh, something that you've dreamed of your whole life to get to a World Cup, you know, final and, and have a chance to win it and, 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 and lose out. And, and she's saying comments like that. That is just wonderful maturity and, uh, grace. And I, I was just wildly impressed with the, the, the way that the sportsmanship of the U.S. team and the way they handled this. No bitterness, just, you know, obviously some regret and disappointment, but, uh, you know, um, very pleased, you know, for the Japanese team and what they've managed to accomplish, and, and uh, I was very impressed with that. So hats off to the U.S. national team. The, these women, I thought they did, you know, wonderful job overall. It, it's it's definitely frustrating. I think, you know, looking back, they're going to be kicking themselves because, uh, you know, this was they had this in their hands, and they, they let it slip. So frustrating in that sense, but... You know, but on the same time, you know, I, they, they definitely went further and played better than I expected prior to this cup. I was not that impressed with them prior to this, and I am very impressed with them since then. You know, um, they're, they're, they're not the best team. I think that they, they definitely have a lot of flaws and they're missing some pieces, and, and, uh, that's why they, they struggled a bit at times you know, in this tournament and, and to get to this tournament and everything else and, and, and some shocking results at times. But um, at the same time, you know, look what they actually managed to accomplish. They finally, you know, they made it all the way to that final. They were within, you know, a couple kicks of, of winning it and, uh, you know, twice led and, you know, hit the post and all kinds of stuff and, and, and you know, could have easily, could have easily, you know, been up by two or three goals in this and, and won it. But uh, it wasn't meant to be, you know. I think that's really the way you have to look at this, and you have to congratulate Japan. And, and Japan definitely played the perfect underdog role in this, and, and just their strategy was just uh, really well done. So anyway, that's enough for that. Let's uh, move on. We'll talk about some uh, international friendlies that happened. Uh, I saw the uh, Manchester United-New England game on Wednesday, and pretty decent game, surprisingly. Uh, sometimes these are kind of one-sided and pretty dull, and, you know, it's like, you know, 10-11-nil or something, or I don't know. But, uh, you know, the Revs made a decent account of themselves. Uh, both teams had chances in the first half. Uh, Matt Reese made a few great stops, including a point-blank save on Berbatov, which was amazing. Uh, but things opened up after the break with Michael Owen coming on, scoring right away. Uh, just a nice angled ball uh, on the left wing that got him 1v1, and just a nice solid finish. Uh, Joseph, Charlie Joseph, got off a nice shot for New England, but uh, United counter, and uh, Makeda has the simple finish uh, for the 2-0 lead. New England get a free kick just at the edge of the box, and Filehaber's shot deflects into the goal. Uh, <laughs> he looked pretty sheepish afterwards, but you take it. Uh, the comeback is brief, though, as Makeda quickly scores another, receiving the ball on the left and finishing. Shuttleworth makes a big save on him in the 70th to prevent his hat trick. Uh, Mansali has a shot at the other end, testing the new United keeper. Uh, but the goal of the game is by Giggs and Park, who cooperate to get into the box. Uh, had a little bit of help from Oberton, uh, 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 who kind of started the play. And uh, Park just had this just deft flick uh, over the keeper that was just gorgeous, just gorgeous. And uh, uh, so this one finished New England 1, Manchester United 4. And very similar 
pretty much the exact same result in uh, L.A. against uh, Real Madrid. Uh, they were even for the first half hour, but then Madrid's class starts to shine as a ball from uh, Kaká bypa- bypasses the entire back line, putting in a player on the right wing, and he finishes. Uh, Marcelo amazingly gets off a quick shot out of nothing from the top of the box, and it's on target but saved by a terrific reaction by uh, Josh Saunders. Um, the second uh, does come before the half, this time from the left side, just sliding an under-defender and pass the keeper. Very poor defending by L.A. The second half is more of the same as Ronaldo does a lot of fancy step-overs and moves into the penalty area, gets near the end line, and somehow rockets it into the goal from a crazy angle. They add another before the hour on a simple cross headed in at the goal, uh, mouth by Benzema. Uh, L.A. do pull one back in the 67th when uh, Chrisman heads in a keeper rebound of a Karofsky shot. Uh, Perk makes a good save for L.A. Uh, to keep it, keep that score line uh, laid on, uh, but there's more chances for both, and in the end, that's the way it stays. So L.A. won uh, Real Madrid four. So, but that Ronaldo goal was that was worth the price of mission right there. So, I always think these uh, friendlies are kind of more, you know, if you're there at the game, it's more interesting than watching it on TV. I don't think they're great to watch on TV, um, but they are. Uh, you know, when you're actually at the stadium and you get to see these players, you know, in person, that, that that's that's worthy of something. It's there's an experience there. Um, seeing them on TV, you know, I can see Manchester United on TV all year long. It's it's not that you know, it's not that exciting to see them play against weak 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 opposition. But uh, it is sometimes cool to to see the MLS play good against them. But the problem is. These are all midweek, ga- you know, games in the middle of all of our other schedules, so we always, you know, they put in perk and goal for L.A. Come on, give me a break. You know, it's like they do all these subs and play all these players that, that, that don't get a lot of playing time, and it's it's kind of, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's basically kind of meaningless. You know, it's not even real. It's, it's, it's basically second team MLS teams playing against these guys. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about regular MLS. We've got uh, a bunch of games this weekend. We'll start off with uh, probably one of the games of the week, uh, Seattle versus Colorado, just a really crazy game. Uh, Rapids stunned Seattle with a goal in the first minute, a poor clearance right to Wells Thompson at the top of the box. He cuts it across to the far side of the goal and in, but only takes Seattle five minutes to equalize. Fernandez on a breakaway, hounded by a defender, but he impressively fights him off to take his shot and beats Pickens. Things get chippy after that with several scuffles and hard fouls and cards. Just past the half hour, Connor Casey uh, went down without contact. His foot seemed to slip on the grass or something. Uh, They put real grass on top of the fake grass for their upcoming uh, friendly against one of the uh, United or somebody. Uh, yeah, Manchester United, I think I was on Wednesday. Um, so anyway, he he can't continue. He has to come off. They think it's an Achilles problem. Uh, just before the half, uh, Thompson finds Laurentowitz at the top of the box. He knocks it in off the far post with his left foot, and Colorado lead again. They hold it through the break, but not for long, as Levesque equalizes minutes into the second half. It's just a faint touch on a cross that finds the far side of the goal. Things stay even for a long time, even though there are chances for both teams. Uh, some really good saves by Pickens. Seattle should have taken in the 77th when Brad Evans was just miles in, 1v1 on a breakaway. But his first touch was just terrible. He gave the ball away. Uh, but it doesn't matter. As they take the lead minutes later via Montero, header at the near post after Colorado can't clear and Seattle get the ball across the face of the goal. Seattle then promptly double their lead when Rosales gets through on the end of a nice through ball. Uh, on the right side, he just one-times it to the back corner. Uh, they actually needed that one, though, because uh, Folan heads one in. Um, uh, Casey Keller rebound uh, that came off of a 
Rapids uh, corner kick in the 90th minute, and the lead's down to just one, but Seattle managed to hold on through stoppage time, and they, uh, though they give up three goals at home, uh, they take all the three points. So uh, Seattle four, Colorado three. So just looking at the stats, you know, Colorado, uh, Seattle's doing really good. So... Then we had probably one of my favorite games of the week, which was Portland versus Chicago. The only goal was a penalty kick. Perhaps you know, a bit soft, but there was contact. And, you know, uh, most amazingly, though, Timbers actually make it hold up for their first road win. So it's impressive to win 1-0. It's impressive. You know, they scored pretty early in the first half. I think it was about a half hour in. Uh, so unbelievable play by uh, man of the match Troy Perkins, who just stood on his head in goal with countless saves, including a jaw dropper in stoppage time. Seriously, I'm talking save of the year, maybe save of the century. I mean, it just looked like a certain goal, and somehow he stuck out a foot and 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 stopped it. I mean, it was amazing. Um, Portland did get a little help from the ref. He set off uh, Cuesta uh, late in the second half, about the 70th minute or so, I think. Uh, Cuesta did make a, a clear block on Jewsbury. Uh, you know, stopping him from going to goal, and, and he was already carrying a yellow, so it looked like a totally appropriate decision for me. Uh, fire fans didn't really like it, you know, and, and, uh, so Portland had a little bit of advantage of an extra man for the last 20 minutes, but they actually were outplayed in that last 20 minutes, but, uh, basically because of Troy Perkins held on, and so, uh, I think they just have Chicago's number since they've beaten Chicago twice this year, so Portland get their first road win, Portland won, Chicago nil, and, uh, this is just gonna be a huge boost, I hope. For the Timbers to feel like, you know, I, th- I think when you're never winning on the road like that, it just feels like you're kind of snake-bitten, and it increases the pressure on those home games because it feels like you have to get three points at home because you're not getting any on the road. And if you can start picking up, you know, a, a draw or two and a few wins on the road, it just makes those home games feel a little bit less pressure. And so hopefully, you know, and then it gives you more confidence when you're going into those other road games, you know. So let's see what happens. Uh, Houston versus Kansas City. Very interesting match. Uh, speaking of good goalkeeping, talking about Troy Perkins, how about Tally Hall in this one? I mean, he was amazing. Uh, in Houston for this one, uh, the home team gets on the board early via direct free kick by Brad Davis. Just a terrific goal straight in. Uh, they make it hold up, uh, and fight off a flurry of, uh, f- f- shots by Kansas City, especially when, uh, Houston, in the second half, they, they lose Colin Clark to a straight red for just a silly two-footed challenge. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, you know, he, he lost the ball, was trying to get back, was running, and then he just, you know, player was right there in front of him with the ball, and he went in with two feet up, and the ref was right there, and straight red. Uh, then with 20 to go, Brian Ching gets a straight red after he kicks out. Uh it looked to me like it was just sort of a slow, tired reaction. Basically, the the player had the ball and then kicked it away, and then Ching caught him. So it was sort of like he was kind of going for the ball, but it was just very slow and sluggish, and uh, basically just ended up kicking the player. And uh, but it was so late, and it just kind of it, there was something about it that looked it looked a little bit like you know Ching's like I'm just going to kick this guy. I don't think that's really what it was. But it definitely, there might have been a little bit of that. I don't think Ching's really that kind of player, but he might have been frustrated. I don't know. This particular player was Colin, and he was he was the one that actually got the two-footed challenge on Colin Clark. And um, so he 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 was already kind of, the fans were booing him every time he got near the ball, this Colin guy after the Clark ejection. And he was, you know, basically involved in both red cards, and which was, you know, uh, so, in other words, he, he, I think he was trying to instigate things, and, you know, throughout the game. And uh, so maybe Ching was frustrated and just, I don't know. But uh, 
But it looked to me like it was just, you know, it's late in the match, he's tired, you know, and and just kind of went in kind of foolishly. And anyway, I, I, I really did appreciate Ching's comments after the match. He wasn't trying to make excuses. He basically said he owes the team two points and, you know. So, but at least in this game, you know, after he got sent off, it's it still looked like Houston was going to take all three points because uh, until the final minute, uh, Hall keeps making the saves, and uh, even though they're down to nine men, um, you know, and 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 KC was just shot, 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 you know, and 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 it's not going in, and then the ninetieth minute, they finally get a shot that wrongfoots it, it deflects and wrongfoots uh, Hall. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. It goes in. And uh, Kansas City pull another late draw out of the fire, keep their unbeaten streak alive at 11, and this one finishes Kansas City 1, Houston Houston 1, Kansas City 1, and uh, Houston's down to 10, and they'll miss uh, Clark and Ching for next match, so that's kind of a frustrating bummer day thing there, so... Um, hopefully, hopefully those guys won't get suspended for longer than that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Chivas, New York, uh, both teams hit Woodwork in the first half and forced saves, though I think New York had the better chances in possession for most of the game. In the final seconds, literally the final seconds of the match, there was a penalty scare, and the ref, uh, awarded the penalty to Chivas for a handball. Uh, New York's were going crazy at New York's players, but then, uh, after consulting with his, his assistant, the ref changed his mind as the ball hit the shoulder, chest, not the arm, and there was no penalty. And otherwise, he would have gifted it to uh, Chivas in the final seconds there. But uh, anyway, this one finished nil-nil. And uh, I also heard the, uh, I think it was San Jose and uh, Dallas, uh, D.C. Dallas games uh, were all nil-nil. So, yeah. Um, let's see. New, New England, uh, Philly, this was a Sunday game. The Philly, uh, Union get in, get deep, cross the ball over the box where it's headed back to the middle. And Carlos Ruiz, uh, possibly going to Mexico, they said, which is kind of weird. Uh, he takes it, uh, out of the air, uh, with the side volley and the 1-0 lead. So he's having a great season. I don't know why he'd want to move to Mexico. Uh, the same goal happens, uh, again, off of a free kick put it, pin in over the box. Latou heads it, uh, to the center where Valdez is there for the tap in. So, shocking defending has, uh, Rev's coach, uh, Steve Nichol furious. Uh, they do better after the break with a couple of chances, but no goal, and the Rev's frustration increases when Benny Fowl, however, has a little bit of a contact with Ruiz. He basically accidentally stepped on his toe as he cut him off. And Ruiz goes down, grabbing his shin. He gets his toe tapped on. He grabs his shin, rolling around in horrible agony. That basically dissipates the moment the ref issues the red card to Benny Benny Heather. I think it was a second yellow, but you know, just just what New England need. They're already missing Shelby Joseph. They were missing Shelby Joseph in this one due to yellow card accumulation, and now they're gonna you know miss Benny in the next game. So then he's their best player, and they you know both him and and Shelby Joseph they need, and you know. After that, it was pretty much up to Matt Reese uh, to hold on as he makes some good saves. But in stoppage time, Williams gets through on the left wing, goes to goal 1v1, calmly puts it around Reese, uh, very interestingly, for his first pro goal. So, very professionally. So, New England 0, Philly 3. And uh, for a home game for New England, this was a rout. Uh, really got beaten badly, looked terrible. And uh, Stevie Nichol was not happy. And the uh, only thing I would say about this one, I I, th- I would like the league to punish Ruiz for that play acting because it was very clear when you get your toe tapped on and you're holding your your shin and rubbing your shin and 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 uh, you know overreacting the way that he was doing, and then you're fine as soon as the red card's given. Um, you know he needs to be punished for that. So I would like to see Ruiz suspended. Um, 
you know, for that fakery. So we'll see what the league does. I, I'm not going to hold my breath, but, you know, who knows. So anyway, that's it for this week's podcast. We'll be back next Monday on the 25th. As always, mark at SoccerTalkUSA.com. Area code 206-339-8359 if you want to drop me a voicemail about any of the topics we've talked about. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.